Episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. And I am Grizz. And we are here for episode 98. We're closing in on 100. Oh, I am down. extremely excited. How the fuck did I make it through 100 episodes of this bullshit? I watched <laughs> at least 100 fucking movies. For real? Oh, Damn. Dude, 100 Sunday nights dedicated. Are you, are you a fan of Mystery Science Theater? I, I love some mystery science theater. That's how I feel, dude. That's how I fucking feel doing this. Like, I'm trapped, and I, this is all I can do. Uh, I love the the movie, like, when they put the official movie out. What the fuck was the, uh, that they watch in that with, like, the, the the space movie that they did? It was, it's just fucking, I have memories dude, my, of being my, favorite my friends one, laughing our asses off at that shit. I think the movie's called Mitchell. <laughs> I okay. recognize the music. I, I remember watching that at my friend James's house with Jerry, the voice of the Bad Taste Video podcast intro, and we were just fucking cracking up. We were dying. That was years ago. But let's talk a little bit about episode 99, because we are finally going to give away some shit, right? I'm talking about it forever, and it's finally happening. Okay, so... On episode 99, you must listen to that episode. We will let you in on, you know, whatever we're going to do. We're going to tell you on our Instagram. We'll tell you on, you know, in the episode, obviously. But you're going to have to listen to that episode to win what we're going to give away. We're, we're not going to make it easy on you, that's for sure. I mean, we're giving no. away uh, a, a pair, not just one, but two then uh, they go together, but they're very, very killer tapes that I think yeah. uh, everyone will be psyched on. So we're not going to make it easy on you. You're going to have to listen to the episode. You're going to have to, you know, solve a riddle, if you will. And uh, if you get it right, you're going to be in the drawing for it. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be worth your while. Trust us. So Grizz, we are here to do uh, our 98th episode. And we watched the first shot on video film. We watched Boarding House, a 1982 shot on beta cam, uh, oddly uh, psychedelic, right? <laughs> uh, I, I guess you're right. I never, I didn't, I didn't put that together upon watching it. But I guess it is kind of psychedelic. This is sort of like a supernatural slasher, almost, right? It, it does feel like I'm on drugs the entire time that I'm watching. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. Well, you kind of have to be to watch it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it did help. I won't lie either. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grizz, how familiar are you with this movie? I've seen the cover a million times. I've heard the name a million times. But like I mentioned last week, it's it's it was like... I don't know. There's so many fucking, you know, house movies, boarding house. It just kind of like fell by the wayside of my really, des you know, my desire to see it. I know it's like the first shot on a video movie, so I, I mistakenly didn't take the time to watch it. 
I did now though, and I uh, culturally I gotta tell you, I have mixed feelings. So, yeah, well, I enjoy this one. Uh, this was released technically on New Year's Eve of 1982. Really interesting to have a premiere like that, right? Yeah, really. Uh, San, Fran- San, yeah, San Francisco screening. So he probably had a party, this fucking maniac, right? <laughs> John Wintergate. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. Or as he was known in this, Hawk Adley. <laughs> I guess that was a typo, too. It was supposed to be yeah. a different first name, but uh, Hank. it came out It was Hawk. supposed to be Hank Adley, but I <laughs> like... Dude, Hawk uh, is so like much Hawk. better, dude. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It looks like it's about to be a porno, and Hawk Adley does not... <laughs> You know, that That's fits a good with that. Name. That's a good. Yeah, if name. you're if you're looking at the names on the cover of this and like, it's like, well, you see him like in the fucking little bikini, sitting on his desk like a maniac. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so this was released in 1982, and it was released in theater. So this was shot on video. It was blown up to 35 millimeter, and it had a release in the United States. And that meant that it had to go against a few movies that we probably uh, <laughs> would I put in a different. Well, yeah, but you would probably put it in a different tier, right? Uh, the thing that was released in 1982. <laughs> yeah, I gonna show. fucking compete with that. Yeah, Creep Show, Slumber Party Massacre, Halloween Three, Pieces. The New York Ripper and One Dark Night. That's just a handful of them. I'm, you know, there's obviously a ton more. But then you have Boarding House, the grandfather of all shot on video films. I, I guess the one thing I will say that that this had going for it is that it's completely fucking different than all those. <laughs> like if you yeah. went and you'd seen a bunch of those movies in theaters and you're like, oh, let's check out this Boarding House movie. You'd be like... Yo, what the fuck just happened? Because, <laughs> like, this yeah, isn't yeah. Like, anything I've ever experienced. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess the actual film uh, had a wider release the next year, 1983. But we figured, uh, you know, technically it was a 1982 release. So, we would have yes. it, you know, be compared to those. So, things like Creep Show and uh, Pieces and The Thing. Those movies, I would say, a lot of people would call them like classics of the genre, right? And oh, yeah, for sure. Something like this is more of a cult classic, right? This is a midnight showing somewhere. Uh, most people would probably say, like you did, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, it takes a special kind of person to appreciate Boarding House. What, what blows my mind is that, like, the original, like you said, they, it was shot on Betacam because money, obviously. And, uh, which I guess the budget on this, they, like, estimated to be around, like, around, like, 10 grand or whatever. But to blow it up onto 35 cost them like 30 to $40,000. So it cost them more just to like blow it up in the long run than it did to even make this movie. And from what you told me, it looks like shit. Absolute <laughs> garbage, right? I mean, you told me it's almost unwatchable. No, that was my Star Classics. The Star Classics one? And what, the Star what, Classics what looks ter- terrible. What is that? Ta- that had to be just like a fucking shitty master tape. Maybe like a fucking 10th generation copy of this. The Paragon one that I have looks great. 
That's the one that I have on right now. Unfortunately, you get like lines through it, but <laughs> I can't adjust the shutter speed. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it looks it looks good. But these were made from the Beta Cam Master, the Paragon release. Yeah, it does look really good. I will agree with that. Great lighting. Uh, Everything about apparently, this movie is nice. Apparently, on the DVD from I think 2008 or something, the commentary, uh, Mister. Uh, John Wintergate said that the budget was actually thirty to four, uh, thirty to forty thousand dollars, but people tend to think that the ten thousand dollar number is way more accurate. Yeah, I would. Jesus, if where did that money go? Yeah. Did you see I that guess. his wife played uh, Victoria? That was his wife. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was name? just like an excuse to have his his wife and like their band, I guess. Yeah, I say they have a band, and oh, dude, I seen some of the pictures, and it was like the cheesiest shit you could ever imagine. Like one of the dudes looked like fucking uh, a member of like Hall and Oates. Yeah, yeah, she's like standing in like a dress, and he's got his like arm around her, like wearing a really eighties like suit with the little skinny tie and shit. And dude, awesome. like John Wintergate's face is. Like he, uh, he's like a, you know, a, a, a dude. He's a normal dude, but he has the weirdest, most unique guy face you could ever fucking imagine. Like, there's just something really weird about that dude that freaks me out. He's got like crazy eyes. That's why. Oh yeah, it does. He's got weird cheekbones too, man. Just weird structure. I don't think. I think he's a fucking alien. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't think he's of this earth. He really has telekinetic abilities. <laughs> yeah, this was all legitimately this based on like what he's yeah. like day to day life. Those weren't like. effects. So this apparently brought in three hundred and ninety thousand dollars in North America. Hell yeah, impressive. That that's a success. Good on them, dude. And Fuck yeah. They only they only took two weeks to shoot this whole thing and it was written in a week so a three week turnaround you get it blown up to 35 millimeter you make fucking three hundred ninety thousand dollars with this fucking thing awesome I mean, hell yeah that's best bank dude i'd be psyched on yeah. that shit and, and now now you think you're a rock star with your wife and your band <laughs> right <laughs> Well, like, we should also mention that, like, he did... The only other thing he's ever done, Mr. Wintergate, besides his rockin' band, is uh, a movie that you might be familiar with, Terror on Tour, which uh, both him and his wife are also in that movie. Colossus. Yes. Her name's Colossu. Colossu. That's a ridiculous <laughs> what a name. fucking name. <laughs> it's, that sounds like something from the fucking Twilight... That's like the Twilight Zone. I don't know. No, no offense if that's, like, if I'm, you know being culturally insensitive but that's a that's a weird stage name i seen a dvd release of this with the name bad force and then like uh boarding house underneath of it as like the subtitle of the movie i, I don't didn't really hear, yeah i guess that's like a bad force bad force i think it Wait, was like also the name that west germany when they put that out that was the name that they got so it might have been just using that west german name now for a DVD let me release. grab uh the star classics version right now uh, why don't you uh, just entertain the people right now? All right. Well, <laughs> Jesus put me on the spot here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you what I guess is a general synopsis of the movie, but I'm not going to give away anything because obviously we're going to go through all that shit right now. So if you were going to see this uh, in a listing to you know get your attention, maybe something like, a house with a sordid past lives up to its reputation during a bloody housewarming party. 
And I think that might be a little deceptive, but it also is accurate in a sense that that's kind of, you know, what happens here. So, Okay, so the Star Classics version uh, does not have that alternate uh, shit on it. Just bad force. No, no bad force. Damn. And I like I like your, your thing. It was good. Thanks, dude. <laughs> uh, did you see that the extended cut of this movie is like fucking two and a half hours long? Dude, shoot me in the fucking face. There's no way. There, I, I thought that this this cut was long enough. I was kind of like, wow, this is a this is kind of a long movie for what they're doing here. But then I saw that the extended cut was that. I was like, dude, how? So originally it was supposed to be a comedy, like a, a horror comedy. And they ended up cutting all the comedic parts out. I wish they would have cut a few other things out too, but you can you could just imagine what that two and a half hour cut would be like. Well, you know, now that you say that, and I think if they did a re-edit and they added some of the spoofy, splat sticky stuff into it that would make it a horror comedy, took out some of the bullshit that they left in, I think that this would be a kind of a, a better movie in my opinion. So I'd be interested to see that that cut and to see what it would be missing. I wish it was even darker. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude, if the comedy made it darker, that would be... Because comedy can totally make a movie that's, you know, a horror movie darker in my opinion. Even though it's funny, it could definitely add that little bit of, like, twisted humor that takes it over the top. Like Evil Dead? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Dead Alive. Like Dead Alive? Perfect. Read my mind. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> okay, so why don't I hit the trailer? We'll start talking about boarding house. Blue Star presents Boarding House. On September 18, 1972, the Hoffman House was closed due to several mysterious deaths. September 18th, hi, how are you? 1982. Oh my God. The house was reopened as a boarding house. And the body count continued. Something else will. <laughs> Boarding house rated R. No one under 17 admitted without parent or guardian. In Horrorvision, a Coast Films release. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a warning. To protect theater owners and the makers of this Horrorvision film, viewers with nerve or heart conditions are advised to cover their eyes and ears whenever this object appears on the screen or whenever this sound is heard thank you wow we even get a warning just like blood diner right i do love i love that it just it's campy as fuck but i love it yeah that's that's fucking awesome so that's how this film starts they have something called what was it horror vision yeah right 
Yeah, and it's really just like a in-camera effect. <laughs> Not an in-camera effect, but it kind of looks like one. It's trippy. And immediately we get the boarding house theme. And this may be one of my favorite like musical uh like th- uh songs scores yeah just this this singular song is is up there in like my top five did the and i love this this like building up to that part is great that heavy uh synth wash and we immediately get credits yeah we get the title card right that's written in blood here you it can't is. see yeah. anything. It looks like a an, like a 1990s death metal band logo because you can't read anything that it says. It looks like maybe like a toddler drew it too. It's a cross between <laughs> it's, that. It's definitely John's and, drawing. I guarantee it. Yeah, this is like I love when there's a really effective ti- like title card sequence with like a theme. You know, like Madman does it really well. Shit like that is fucking awesome. Oh yeah. So. Right after this, we get a computer screen, right? And you wouldn't really expect to see this in a movie from this year, right? Very, uh... Me too. Yeah, this dude was on his shit. And it says, run case file number, I believe, OSH9157. And we get these computer sequences, you know, in the beginning, and then we get them at the end too, right? And apparently we're going to get the backstory of the Hoffmans. And it's his September 18th, 1972 Nobel Prize winners, Professor uh, Dan Hoffman and wife leading authorities on telekinesis and the occult were found dead on the night of their 16th anniversary party. And then it says several mutilated bodies found by guests, right? And then it says, September 26, 1972, only witness is 13-year-old Hoffman Child testified to double suicide. And apparently this child was committed to a mental hospital after emotional breakdown. Poor kid. So now we see this old man and then we see a house in this horror vision. If you you could see me, I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) And we see somebody like struggling in a pool and there's some weird red entity there, right? Killing him. And this is where we also see a woman trying to get something out of a garbage disposal and her hand gets fucking mangled in it. I did like you that. See blood that was, that was, yeah, that blood great. shooting out of the fucking drain. Yeah, that was, was really juicy. good, man. And this is where we see the computer screen again, and it says Huffman case reopened on July 10th, 1977. House was purchased by the Clarks uh, August 22nd, 1978. They died cause of death accidental. And then we see file reopened October 8th, 1981. Dr. Herman Royce purchased house. April 27th, 1982, found dead at the bottom of the stairs, unknown cause of death. And then we see July 5th, 1982, transfer estate to Soul Air James. And this is our man, right? Yeah. So I know that's a lot, but it's kind of important because that sets up the whole history of the boarding house. 
So we kind of yeah. see that this house is, might have some kind of effect on the residents that are uh, are inhabiting it. Yeah, this is sort of a haunted house film. Sort of. Yeah, I feel that way. Or like a possessed house type thing. But sort of. Sort of. With a twist. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> yeah, with a twist. So we now see James and he's like this yuppie looking guy, right? And he's signing for the house. He's apparently the new owner of this gigantic 10-bedroom estate. <laughs> and this is in L.A., by the way. This was all shot in L.A., so you can imagine the surroundings, right? Yeah. And Palm trees. One of, the, one of the doctors is concerned about the house. Uh, I guess... They they're in a hospital now, right? They kind of just cut to random shit in the beginning. Yeah, that's very this whole movie kind of in the beginning of what was going on. That's what kind of lost me at first. Yeah, so now there's like a doctor that's concerned about the house and like something's making her uneasy, and we see that somebody is gonna get some electroshock therapy. And apparently this nurse is supposed to be in the room with the patient prepping them for this. And you see like something comes over her, right? And we hear this heavy breathing. It's really odd. But I want you to hear what happens when this unknown entity or person basically pulls an omen and makes this nurse hang herself. Now that is like an insane sound effect. (laughs) That's some crazy Foley work. So you're going to hear that like breathing throughout this. Almost like a Jason Voorhees type thing, right? That is a weird breathing pattern. One thing I have to say is this movie does a really good job with misdirection, right? It you could call it misdirection or you could call it being all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah. And another doctor comes in and he finds her hanging body and we get this awesome shot with like the silhouette in a blue room. It looks really good. It looks like an Italian horror film. Yeah, that scene uh, does actually very, very much so. So now this entity basically causes this doctor's like intestines to come out or he rips his own intestines yeah, he rips out. Them out yeah jesus christ so whatever this it's, entity it's is gnarly. it basically can control you to kill yourself it just overtakes you in some crazy manner and like i said you made the the nurse kill herself by hanging herself this guy disemboweled himself with his hands which was pretty gnarly So now we see James going to his new house and we get this creepy newspaper ad that he put in. Finally, they got the damn ad right. Girls, girls, girls. If you're between 18 and 25, unattached and beautiful, then I want you to share my 10 bedroom house with me for approximately $100 a month. Call Jim at the boarding house. Boarding house. Fucking narration. Oh my god. 
Yeah, that's not even his voice. It's so and weird. That's so weird. I mean, is it his voice? No, it's. I mean, it might be him like doing a different voice that's not his own, but that ain't him, dude. Yeah, that doesn't sound like him in the film, but no, we do see this not. mysterious entity, right, during this part. And I just like the whole, I just can't get over like that at the boarding house. And it's like... You inherit a 10-bedroom boarding house. What do you do? You fill it with women. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The then, then we get this creepy inner monologue that he has also. I can just imagine all those hot numbers hanging around the pool. Yeah. It's going to be a real bachelor's paradise. What the fuck is this guy's deal? <laughs> like with like this monologue. Moses like from The Simpsons, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's like a predator, you right? Totally and he's does. not. Absolutely. And he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a shithead, but he's not like a, you know, uh, he's not walking the streets like a maniac. No, but he fancies himself up. a playboy, if you will. I guess that's the term. I like how he's walking around with those 80s sunglasses on, though. The red? Oh, yeah. White suit? Oh, dude. dude, he's fly as fuck. Like a good... So now we get this uh, famous scene from the film of him sitting there on his desk, listening to this like telekinesis how to tape. Uh, he's completely naked except for these like really small little underwears. Okay, he's got his crusties on. <laughs> yeah, but like he's right in front of the window and you see like the highway in the background. <laughs> so you can like clearly see what he's doing. He's but he's tame. trying to move he's trying to move things with his mind and he's successfully doing it. I was like, oh man. He's got the power. <laughs> yeah, he's got the power, man. And it's surprising how many people have that power in this movie. <laughs> it's commonplace apparently in Los Angeles. <laughs> Everyone's got the power. What can you what can you do? <laughs> and we hear somebody knocking on the door, and I like how he has to quickly get dressed. He's like trying to like get himself together, right? And <laughs> he's okay. Time out. Like, I gotta mention though, when you said that, he, he, not only does he like, if someone was like frantically knocking on your door, you would like throw your pants on and a shirt, and you'd answer the door or whatever. This dude like puts each sock on individually, and then like puts his pants and tie on. It's like, dude, yeah, just get some. Well, it doesn't pants matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway because we see his coworker Joel, who's a fucking drunk. <laughs> He's wasted. Listen, I just uh, came back from the club, and I, um, I went. Are you listening to me? So uh, listen, I was, I was talking Gold Farm, and I hate to have you. Is, do you always dress that? I mean, what is that a new style or something? Yeah, it's punk, punk, punk Joel. It's punk. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's punk, man. <laughs> so now we see that there's all these girls moving into the boarding house, right? And they're all actresses and, like, musicians and shit. He is, like, creepily excited that they're all there. <laughs> he really is kind of a creep, actually. I correct myself. <laughs> but we do get a news report here, newscast. though. Here's the latest on the Camilla Sanitarium Police are still baffled by the mysterious circumstances surrounding that tragedy. So far, they have turned up no Hi. new evidence and made Hi. no arrests. My name is Debbie. This. Um, I'm inquiring about the ad in the newspaper. I was the one who called earlier. Oh. So that is Debbie. And Debbie is the last person to move into the boarding house. And there's not really any room, but they make apparently... Room. Yeah, they make room in the little girl's room, I believe they say, right? Yeah, they use it for storage, but, uh, you know, Jim's not going to let uh, beautiful young Debbie here 
be homeless. He's a gentleman. So one of the girls is in the kitchen and she's trying to reach for something that's in one of the cabinets. And you see like this ice pick moving on the fucking counter. And all of a sudden she puts her hand right over it and it just goes straight through her fucking palm. Great scene. And I knew you would like that, man. I knew you would like it. <laughs> and it's it's pretty fucking it's like pretty gory, right? There's all like shit on the fucking ice pick. Tons of blood. (laughs) And this is where we also end up meeting the Gigi Allen looking uh, gardener (laughs) that scares the shit out of everybody the whole time, right? Scares the shit out of the girl, yeah. Well, he's got like the chains hanging from his like military jacket and shit. (laughs) But he he scares one of the girls. She like falls into the pool and she's wearing like a see-through fucking white thing. And it's just like a... Yeah, it's like a gratuitous nudity shot. It's like, oh, so that's what kind of movie this is going to be. It lets you know. So, <laughs> and apparently he came with the house, and the reason he has this job is because he saved his uncle's life back in Nam, right? And uh, was the gardener, like, didn't he, like, isn't he, like, a Nam vet, too? Isn't that the whole story? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he saved the uncle's life. That's yeah, why he's all fucked up. Yeah, he comes with the house, man. So one of the girls is showering, right? And she ends up cutting her leg when she's shaving. And the wall just starts gushing blood. And of course we get another like uh, gratuitous nudity shot with her trying to get out. And you keep seeing her boobs like hitting against the, the fucking glass. Pressed up against the glass. Yeah. It's like almost, it's like absurd. Like th- that's how you can tell that this was a comedy at one point. It's like- It's comedic. Yeah, like, you forgot that the fucking glass doesn't open that way, so you're pushing into it with your breast. That's so well, then she, Well, then she comes out, and she's got, like, this monster face, and she pulls a tampon out of her mouth. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. It's so weird. See? How could you hate on this movie, man? Uh, 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 I'm not saying I hated on all of this movie. I'm just saying that there's... Uh, it could be a way better movie, that's all. Well... Remember we were talking about the gardener? He finally talks. And he is something else. I'm, what? I'm Sammy. Mm. I guess you're the gardener, huh? I thought you only work at night. Not all the time. Fucking Sling Blade, dude. Before <laughs> Sling Blade. I heard you were a veteran. First calf. Denied. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh Debbie is apparently always digging in the yard, right? One of the girls like asks her, like, why are you always digging? And she's like, Oh, I'm just taking care of this or whatever. Planting my flowers. Oh. Yeah, I'm watching you. So <laughs> apparently they're gonna have a party on Saturday or Friday. I think Saturday. And Victoria's band is going to play. So apparently she's in a relatively famous band or a relatively popular band because they have a manager that they have to consult with, right? The guy's riding in that stupid ass fucking plane. (laughs) And, you know, you're you're in a band, man. You got a manager? Yeah, I'm always riding in planes and shit, dude. Come on. Oh, you're you're your own band's manager? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and I'm the pilot. Oh shit! Damn, man, fucking killing the Look game. Look at you! Look at you! <laughs> <laughs> and 
and this is also where you hear one of the girls say like uh oh yeah we're gonna have a warm house party instead of housewarming party i guess i missed that that's an interesting uh way to say it oh my god no that's not how you say it i'm saying it for now (laughs) dude they also keep showing jim in his underwear right he, he, he has the gratuitous nudity scene too (laughs) <laughs> I okay. Now that you mentioned this, I'm gonna bring it up real quick. I, that's the beef I have with this movie is that I just kind of feel like this was fucking. Uh, this was John's way of uh, just being like, I want to make a movie that really strokes my ego a whole bunch, you know. So like he made this movie, and this is definitely him glorifying himself for fucking 98 minutes. I can definitely see that being a thing. <laughs> So, (laughs) Victoria confirms with her manager that the band can play, right? So it's on. The party is fucking on. And we get some random dude that gets, like, thrown out of a car or something. Oh, yeah. What was... Uh, Yeah. And he's like, oh, can I use your phone, man? And then all of a sudden he's, like, fucking sunbathing outside in the pool. Gets thrown in the pool and shit. That was the fucking... Dude, uh, he's like a private eye. Yeah, it's the private eye, man. Yeah, this guy fucking is doing all... He's messing around with all the girls, and all of a sudden he makes a phone call, and this is the call. Richard. Yeah, RJ? I found her. You got a pencil? Yeah. 20950. Mulholland. Okay, you put my check in the mail. All right, I gotta go. Wow. Fucking narc. Just threw that in there, right? There, we must have been missing something there in this cut. Something must have been missing. But this is where we also end up seeing this, uh, I guess, private eye get electrocuted in a bathtub by a fucking hair dryer that gets telekinetically thrown into it. Awesome. Telekinesis at it again. Not that not that gruesome of a death, but it's effective. It was shocking. And yeah. Ah, <laughs> damn man. You were gonna so, go with it for a bit, that's funny. We also see somebody drag the body away and bury it in the backyard. So how does nobody notice this when there's all these people in the fucking house? Let's yeah. be honest. And they're around. It's not like there's nobody around. And like eighty percent of the movie they're in the fucking pool. So someone was in the pool when this shit was going on for sure. Yeah, that's like a real trope of the 80s. Oh, you right? Like, how the fuck do you not notice what's going on? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> You're definitely going to be oblivious to everything. Be in the pool dude, and be oblivious. Yeah, like, dude, you set one firework off and people call the cops on you. Oh, you could be screaming yeah. somebody's stabbing you and nobody will help. <laughs> <laughs> not my business. So, the girls are talking about Jim listening to these, like, mind control tapes. Right, he's listening to these things that are supposed to teach you how to harness your telekinetic abilities. So, is telekinesis that prevalent in this like universe? Well, I mean, I guess this whole movie is supposed to have like that occultic uh, undertone to it, so that you know. Um, this character Jim is supposed to be very into not only telekinesis but also uh, other you know occult practices and stuff. So and I, it's a, definitely a sub you know sect of you know that whole practice and stuff. But I don't ever really hear about like telekinesis being 
you know, that that's the thing I want to become a master at. I don't ever hear people being like, oh, I know telekinesis and shit now, whereas, like... It's, it's not real, man. Yeah, it's I think it was real. definitely, like, an 80s, like, oh, telekinesis, you know, kind of thing. Well, that was shit. They, they had shit like that in the Twilight Zone and stuff, right? The kid had telekinesis. He was, like, you know sending you to, never... to the fucking cornfield. I can't say that I've ever really watched any of the original Twilight Zone stuff. What? Yeah, I for real, was, dude. I knew that was gonna blow your mind, and that's why. Wow, I said it. that's insane. Jesus, I'm a fucking Damn. complete poser, dude. I don't know if loser. I loser told you that. Loser. <laughs> so why they send Victoria actual fucking. Because <laughs> then I gotta fucking, I gotta keep fucking track of that too. I gotta fuck that. I wanted the mind so, freak this week. What? <laughs> the mind freak. <laughs> you want the mind freak? Well, that's exactly what Jim is. He is the goddamn mind, mind freak. <laughs> I got you, man. Jesus. Coming through for you. You really didn't think I would have that? I knew you, you really would, didn't actually. think I would have that? <laughs> you never disappoint so, me. So Jim shows Victoria... That he has telekinetic abilities, right? He has, like, the bar of soap. He's in the bathtub, and he has the bar of soap move towards him. She freaks out. <laughs> so, this is this is the start of somebody else's telekinetic journey, like a Jedi, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you see He's somebody Obi-Wan. move some soap, you're going to want to move some soap. I mean, that's kind of, you know... How it goes. You know what? And it seems like Jim works on it for so long and she picks it up like immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude, she's a natural. I mean, some people are just yeah, born with yeah. it, you know? So we see uh, some gratuitous chainsaw revving, right? Because you need that. It's 1982. Oh, yeah. And you also get gratuitous nudity because it is also 1982. Oh, yeah. And we see Debbie, I, I think. Yeah, it's... You don't know who the fuck it is. I think it's Debbie. Make like a weird face, right? At the the guy with the chainsaw. Oh yeah, she's not. She's happy in with the him. pool, and she's like making those fucking eyes, like the ones that fucking Jim does. And he backs off, but he's okay. He's not dead or anything. He just kind of walks away. Yeah, he, get, he gets the picture. He knew what's up. And we see two cops show up at the house, but they know Jim, I guess, from college, right? They're talking about, like, oh, have you been doing anything since then? Or, uh, I guess these are his buddies, but they are there apparently to tell Jim that uh, the house has a bad rep, right? You gotta be careful. So that night, Victoria has a nightmare, right? And it's pretty cool. I, I really like this nightmare sequence here. Probably one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie. I, I totally she's, agree. She's like running through a cemetery and shit, right? Things are grabbing her. Skeleton hands are grabbing her. The lighting and is fucking ev- awesome. Eventually, this dude with like a pig head, like a bloody pig head attacks her. That's another pretty cool scene. And this all leads up to her being dragged into Mr. Hoffman's grave. She's like in her bed, and all of a sudden the zombie arm comes out, starts grabbing her, bringing her down. Classic, you know, zombie arm out of the fucking ground, grabbing the face. That's it's such a. It it always pays off in every movie it's ever done, and it's it's so good. And this is where we see that Cindy has a piece of shit boyfriend, right? He shows up, 
and his name is Richard. And what's really weird is they like he's only there for like a minute and he's about to leave, but Cindy asks him to stay. And, and she's like, oh, let's go talk. Despite her having, like, a flashback of him, like, raping her. I, dude, that was so fucking weird to me, too. They showed this, you know, rapey flashback, and I'm like, wow, she's gonna need help. And then she's like, hey, let's go upstairs. <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, and this dude's, like, shit-talking Jim the whole time, right? He's like, oh, nice hair. Like, what's that what's going on here, yeah. huh, buddy? What the, yeah, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> And she has a gun on the table also. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the fuck do you have this for? It's protection. True. Jumpy. And he now, he like starts yelling at her, right? That she has to give him an answer about marriage. That he wants to get married. He asked her, she needed a few weeks and she still has to give him an answer and he's pissed. Yeah, now you're and it's like this weird goddamn Jim in his harem. Yeah, it's like a weird dynamic, too, because he's, like, super fucking aggressive, and she kind of puts him off, though. This is, uh, this is where we finally see Victoria make the crazy eyes, right? The telekinesis crazy eyes. And Cindy, after a long fight with her actual boyfriend, is having dinner with Jim now. Like, nothing ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> And this apparently pisses Victoria off because she causes shit to happen, right? Like, she's making shit drop and spill. Glasses fall over. See, she harnessed this ability in, what, a day? Didn't she just learn that this is even a thing? And Yeah, and you even see the gun that was on the table. I forgot about the gun, yeah, dude start to spin in the scene after this and it starts pointing at Cindy taking a nap and it actually goes off but it just misses her dude that's awesome yeah, like the whole underlying thing is like Victoria definitely has the hots for Jim so she's got a whole jealous thing going on so she's using her uh, her powers her telekinesis to, to fuck with everybody that is going to interfere with that yeah, and it's it's really good how they like have so many red herrings in this, really, and you yeah, you keep true. thinking it's different people. And Jim, after this, because Cindy's so freaked out, takes her to the beach to relax, and he like hypnotizes her with a crystal. Right? He's like, "You're gonna relax." This <laughs> <laughs> is so and, powerful. Yeah, and he's like on top of her, but he fucking gets hit in the back of the head with a rock by a gloved assailant and Cindy knows who this person is right she says what are you doing what'd you do that for and all of a sudden Cindy starts bleeding out of her face just all you know just blood starts gushing out it looks really awesome and this person basically compels her to walk into the ocean and she's walking like a zombie the whole time yeah right did you? What'd you think about this part, man? This, this is, was very this like is really cool. I, I, I this is almost Lucio Fulci-ish. Very. This is close to that territory. The way that she looked when she was covered in blood and shit, and how it kept getting progressively worse. And just like the the far shot of her, like they're still like back on the beach, and you see her like going into the ocean, and there the camera's pretty far back, still fucking beautiful. Really, really cool for uh, a beta cam. They pulled off what you just said. It's a very yeah. faulty looking shot. 
So Jim wakes up after all this happens and he has no clue what happened, but Cindy's gone and there's a note, right? He looks super confused when he reads the note though. And we don't even know what it says at this point. So Victoria uses her telekinesis this uh, later that night to basically use a doll she has as a voodoo doll to beat the shit out of Jim. Yeah, right? She has all the powers, dude. <laughs> she's, she's more powerful master. than him, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But it's so funny because she's just fucking like twisted things and you see like his leg moving and his... <laughs> She's punching it in the face, face. and shit. <laughs> and <laughs> Victoria's band shows up, right? It's all these guys, these super hip looking dudes. And while Victoria's upstairs, she gets attacked by the mysterious entity that we keep seeing, right? And we keep seeing all these like funny glowing sometimes they're red eyes sometimes they're blue eyes sometimes they look like people eyes <laughs> their eyes and yeah and when Jim walks in everything stops right everything's perfectly fine they got a pizza some shit and this is where things start to escalate in the movie right something is amiss and of course you know that it has to build up towards the party well that's the grand finale so Victoria tried to use telekinesis to open the fridge and the whole like all the food just bursts out into her face covers <laughs> her. So this was definitely something that was left from like the comedy cut of the film. There's a few scenes yeah that are definitely you could you could pick up on the comedy parts. <laughs> and this is where we see Jim and Victoria finally get together, right? They're in the shower and this is almost funny too. But as this is happening, we see the cat pumpkin get killed with, I think, a hammer, right? Yeah, it was definitely some kind of blunt object, and it was pretty a pretty wild scene, to be honest It looks with so you. fake, though. The cat looks so fake when they hit it with the hammer. It does, yeah, but it's, it's the, the, the implications alone, dude, are pretty intense. I agree. So later that, uh, later that night, Victoria has another nightmare. Where she actually sticks uh, an ice pick, I think, in Debbie's neck, right? Was that Debbie that that took the the ice pick to the neck? In the dream? Yeah. Yeah, it was Debbie, because that's, that's her, like, fucking foe, dude. Her and Debbie got that's the nemesis. Beef. Damn. <laughs> and right after that, we have another weird, uh, I guess, leftover from the comedy cut. Where they have a pie fight a pie in fight. the kitchen. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to think of the other comedy scene that I could pick out was that stupid fucking pie fight. <laughs> they could have edited all that out and it would have been perfectly fine. Unnecessary. This movie was an hour and 39 minutes long and I love this movie, but it's a little bit slow in certain points. That's my Certain things it, didn't need to be there. It's not like Dawn of the Dead, man. I could watch that shit, you know, give me a six hour cut of that movie. I'll watch it. <laughs> Jesus. And Debbie ends up giving Victoria this box and it looks like a present, right? She says, oh, I think it's from Jim. And when Victoria opens the box, it's a dead cat. Fucking pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, Cat's dead. Details later. Details later. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and she fucking runs. She starts running, screaming. And... 
This is where we probably get the best acting in the film by Jim. Hey, wait! Victoria! Hey, what are you doing, Victoria? Why are you running? Why are you running? <laughs> what? Dude, what the fuck is going on in this Why? movie half the time? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the room. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So, it's the big night, right? The party. The warm house party. And for some reason, they have a magician. Was that a thing in L.A. at this time period in, like, 1981 when they filmed it? Let's have they a have, magician at the... You don't have fucking magicians magician. at your parties, dude? Never. The fuck fuck that. Dude, that's like the... Magicians rock, dude. You don't know what they're missing. So the detective friend comes back, right? He's got some news for fucking Jim. They found Cindy, and he also says this. Okay, I'm taking this to the station, man. Let me tell you something else. I did some checking up on this house, and you should know a couple of things, huh? Number one, ten years ago tonight, Mr. and Mrs. Hoffman died at a party here. And they couldn't find any buyers for this house. Now... There's Cindy. And before that, your uncle. This guy's the best actor in the whole film. Also, he, the dude could could not say a fucking word and act the whole scene with his face. He has the best face that I have ever <laughs> seen. He's an all-eye actor. Everything that he does, he does with his eyes. And I was, like, entranced by that motherfucker. So this is where we find out that Victoria's band is called 33 and a third. What do you think about that? My How age. do you feel about that name? <laughs> you like that name? I'm trying to think of like other band names from, from movies. What's well, the band from Black Rocktober Roses, Blood? Obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the Rocktober Blood band? Oh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not good with remembering things for some reason. No, you're not a not a fan of remembering things. <laughs> I'm horrible. <laughs> so Victoria's band starts playing, and I really can't stand any of the music in this movie. It's really not too good. What do you think? Besides oh, the, that main the band theme music, yeah. Oh, it's like all not the real songs all. that they play are just like it's not like Driller Killer. It's no, no, this is like bad. That. This is like a wannabe like Fleetwood Mac cover band at the time. Now, this is probably one of the best scenes in the film right here. The detective is outside. And all of a sudden, he starts being forced to shoot one of the party goers. <laughs> so Like wild. a couple times. And then we get this fuck. He's, this, he's such a good actor. He starts pointing the gun at himself. Brutal, Jesus! Dude, the best actor in the movie. I would, I would watch that dude in any fucking role. That dude is awesome. So the gardener finds these dead bodies, but he is stabbed or like impaled. Really, this whatever. It's like a stake. Right, it's giant, whatever the fuck this thing is. I think we failed to mention, too, that the gardener is also played by uh, by John Wintergate as well. Just Is heavily. that him? That is him, yeah. That, that's, that's our man. Playing Jesus double roles. Christ. 
So Pam ends up getting into a little altercation with Debbie, right? It's like, stop fucking looking at me. You're always fucking staring. <laughs> and everyone's like, I'll break it up. All this shit. And Pam leaves. She goes inside. She goes into the kitchen. And basically one of the coolest things in the movie happens. Pam is forced to claw her own eyes out. Yeah, that's a great scene. <laughs> what do you think, man? Come on. I I do like this a lot. I love the amount of blood that they used. They didn't hold back. They did a cool effect where they had like fake eyes and she was like holding them behind her hands a little, like behind her fingers, but over her real yeah. eyes. So it, it gave the appearance as if her like face was melting away almost and like her eyes were coming out. So well done for for and not having an effects team or whatever. Fuck yeah. Killer. And this is one of the only movies I can think of where somebody does this. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Doesn't it like fall in a, a fucking like a thing like of a bowl like of some shit? Jello or yeah, some kind of fucking thing. Yeah, it's gross. Fucking awesome. And after this, we find out that Debbie is Debbie Hoffman, daughter of the Hoffman family. Sanitary telekinetic, lady. Yeah, telekinetic ability using murderer. And we also get some information that's a little off-putting from her when she's in a room with some guy. And she's about to kill him. We probably should mention that, but... <laughs> We're going to bounce around just like the movie does. And this is this is some fucked up info that you get. If only you would love me, I'd be mine instead of mommy's. Remember at that party? When mother came upstairs and found us together in her bed. Ugh. She's 13, by the way, at that time. You're hot forever. <laughs> a fucking demon, too. Jesus Christ. But oh, this is where we find out that Debbie's the killer. She killed all these people. She's reclaiming the house for herself. That's her house. She killed the people in the sanitarium. She's and killing she, this guy now. And she diddled Damn. her dad. And she diddled with her dad. And the it's fuck. gross because, like... It's pedophilia and incest all in one. What and she killed both the of them. Fuck. <laughs> Did you expect that? Did you Not expect that twist? Oh, dude, that was a little bit of a twist. And she basically rips this guy's heart out. She's holding it in her hands all crazy. It's fucking nuts, man. How, see, like, if you could if you could shave 20 minutes off this movie, home it run. would be fucking... It yeah. would be a home run. You would love this. I would. I don't hate this, man. I just don't... I, it's... I think because of how discombobulated it is and a lot of the, like a lot of the fat could get cut off of it and it would be great. I have to keep in mind that this is the first shot on video movie. This is the first time anyone's ever tried to fucking do that and they went about it as if if they were filming like a big budget movie. They didn't go about it with the concept of like, oh, we got to hold back because we're doing a low budget film. So it has a really grandiose feel to it that they, they pulled off something pretty amazing, honestly, for what they had to work with. Yeah, I, I really agree. But it's funny how they tried to shoot it like a major motion picture. It's not like 
how you would normally think of a shot on video film. Yeah, it doesn't tell, really even exactly look like saying, video like, violence or anything like that. Yeah, if you tell people this is a shot on video, you know, movie, I think people, like you said, video violence, they have that preconceived notion of like what to expect from those kind of movies based not just on like, oh, what it's going to look like, but also like the kind of story that you're going to get, the the delivery of how it's going to feel, where this this feels like a film from 1982, man. Like you could have seen this in theaters and been like, yeah, this is a fucking, this is a, a, a movie weird ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim figures out what's going on finally. And Victoria joins the confrontation. And what'd you think about this, man? What'd you think about the ending where basically Jim and Victoria use their psychic abilities together to destroy Debbie. The fucking Hoffman psychic child. <laughs> I think it's a good wraparound. I think it it it's a good way to end this. K. It, it was. I think it's a hard story to end. You know, because there's so much going on. Like I was saying before, it, the movie only suffers a little bit from being a little bit too spread out as far as a story having too many things going on. So like, it was a tough way to end because you do have all those like loose ends going on. But this does bring together Victoria. And Jim, which was kind of that playing thing the whole time. She was the red herring, like you were saying. So it wraps that up. It takes care of the bad person in in, uh, in Debbie. So it's it's a very, uh, what's the word, utilitarian ending for the movie. I agree with you. The only thing that I wish they did was make it a little bit more elaborate on how she, like, dies. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, grandiose. it's not, yeah. make it more graphic. Exactly. I want, yeah. some, I want some guts, man. And we see a computer screen again, right? And this computer screen basically says that the house burnt down on October 18th, 1982. And Jim is a programmer for some space agency. And Victoria is a touring musician. She's a successful musician. And somebody purchased the property that's the house once stood on the rubble yeah yeah so a file closed or whatever after that's it that's boarding house man what do you think uh about fucking boarding house grizz let me get your thoughts on this one well i mean it's 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 funny that before we had before we record this episode, me and you were having a little bit of a conversation about it, and I was, you know, I I wasn't a hundred percent. This movie's great, you know, blah 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 blah. But even just kind of like recapping it with you now, and and talking more about it, giving it a little bit more of a deep dive, a little bit more of a of a perspective look. This is this is better than I gave it original credit for. Uh, I, I had said that this probably wouldn't be something that I'd want to go back and watch right away, but I, I mean, I'm, I've been watching it here with you right now, and I have enjoyed this second the second watch. So I was wrong in that aspect. Uh, it's a good movie. It it holds its spot in horror history for you know what it is, and uh, I can't say that it's a five star movie personally just because it does suffer from some serious editing work that needs to be done um but it is a 4.5 easily for sure yeah i i agree it is significant for the horror genre shot on video films it is the first it is the grandfather it does look 
better than your average shot on video film that you'll see. It doesn't really look like Zombie Rampage or something like that. They really had a little bit of money, I guess, behind it. When I say a little bit, I mean more than a thousand bucks. <laughs> but there's a lot of a lot of gore sequences that are cool in it. The woman with her hand down the garbage disposal is awesome. The monster face that you know, uh, whoever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah, she pulls the tampon out. Like the the monster face is like very memorable. I give it a five out of five. Yeah, I, I give it a five out of five. I think this thing is awesome, especially if you're into VHS related shit. This is something that like screams, you know, renting this from a store in the eighties. <laughs> and I fucked up because I didn't have a copy of this, and uh, now I'm gonna pay out my ass. I'm sure. So yeah, I have two. I have two. You laughed at me. You laughed at me. You only got two, so you could give me one. That was the thing, right? Yeah, right. No, you laughed at me. That's it. Now you get none. So why don't so why don't I, because you can't, read the back of the box. Intrigue and suspicion breed in this sinister environment. Can a house be alive and have a personality of its own? Of course not. At least that's what the beautiful girls thought before they answered an ad that seemed too good to be true. The final conflict will confirm the delicate balance of creation at the boarding house. That's it. I, I Short love and sweet. Nice sweet one. Yeah, that's perfect. Don't so give away you the say, movie man? on the back. I hate that. Is this a haunted house movie or a supernatural uh, a supernatural slasher? This is this can be easily considered. Okay, I, I, the struggle that I'm having. Is that it's a it's a haunted house movie, paranormal house movie, whatever. In the aspect that technically the house is kind of well, I guess I'm wrong in that aspect. It's it's Debbie. I mean, she's the fucking the problem, right? Throughout, like she's the main protagonist. So like, or antagonist. She's just extremely good at telekinesis. She's got an extremely strong ability. So it's like. Is, is she just like a slasher killer who has that, you know, that ability that kind of adds to the story or is it the house that gives her the power? And I, I'm still, I'm torn on that idea. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, I think it's her. I don't think it's the house. I think it's just her. Right. Cause why would it be the house? She's able to do it everywhere she goes. And then she goes back to the house. Yeah. She did it at the sanitarium with the, with the doctor and the nurse. You're right there. That's true. At the beach, uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it's, it's her. So the house Whatever. is just a setting for this lovely story. It's all it is. Yeah. Well, you, you can be the judge. Let us know what you think. But until then, let's go to Jake. But you see, the deal is, man, you gotta step up and spin that wheel. Once you spin it. Where it stops, that's what you and I are gonna do. And what happens? Well, we both go in the ring. One man comes out. The other? <laughs> well, no. Okay, so this week we will be not spinning the wheel. We will be watching Blood Cult. This is set up because we will also be giving away blood cults 
to you guys, along with its, uh, well, sequel, Revenge. So I, I feel like I feel like this one's worth a listen to. Yes, right? I have uh, I have reached into the crypt of Grizz tapes and I have pulled out two juicy choices in in Blood Cult and Revenge that I would love to uh, to give back to you guys because I've had such a blast coming on here and it's only appropriate for the hundredth episode uh, to to do this for everybody. So you got to tune in to the Blood Call episode, which is episode 99 next week. Like I, like Mike said, listen for those clues. We're going to give you a little bit of a riddle to figure out. You get the answer right. You're automatically uh, in the drawing. And then you got to listen to the 100th episode to find out if you're a winner. So it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Let me hit that trailer. One of the strangest series of crimes in recorded history took place on a small Midwestern college campus. Each victim was a sorority co-ed. Debbie, was that you? Are you still awake? Each time the killer struck, he mutilated his victim. He took one of her body parts and then left a golden amulet near the body. And the only clue, the story of an ancient witch cult of dog worshippers, though to be long dead, known only as the Blood Cult. Brothers and sisters, welcome. Could a witch cult begun in 1700 be active today? Could it be killing co-eds? And why? That is what a small-town sheriff, Ron Wilboyce, must find out. As he delves deeper and deeper into the mystery of the college murders, he discovers that the blood cult is after him. But then it is too late, for he is in a trap, and the only escape is death. so gruesomely realistic so graphically true it is banned from two Midwestern campuses with an ending so surprising we dare you to guess who the killer is Cult, the first movie made especially for the home video market, is a film you won't soon forget. Okay, Grizz, what have you watched? What have you received this week? Mail is picking up for you, right? Yeah, or dude. is it slowing down? No, it's always picking up, dude. Mail's All right, I know you down, had, dude. I know you got some good shit this week. What'd you get, man? Oh man, I got uh, a copy of Dark Carnival and I got a copy of Camp Blood. I watched Camp Blood last night fucking awesome dude brad sykes that is like a classic slasher killer clown you know not killer clown but like madman in a mask that's a clown fucking movie that it it really holds up to that classic you know slasher thing that you want to see um i got fright house with uh grandpa monster god that is a long al lewis uh, yeah, God, that's a long fucking movie. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Great effects, great gore, great stories and shit. But man, that is a long fucking movie. 
Um, I got uh, I got some other stuff. I watched Shredder Orpheus. Uh, I mentioned that you know while while back on an episode, and uh, a buddy of ours from the uh, from who listens to us and mentioned it to me, and uh, again being like, dude, you got to get a copy of that. I'd love to hear an episode on it. Um, I watched it, and dude, it's not like something that we would normally do on here as far as being like a horror movie. It's over the top and shit. But it's probably one of my favorite movies I've ever watched now. It's <laughs> dude, it's extremely unique. Success. It's it's just really good. It's it's funny. It's it's a horror movie still. It's it's got a bunch of dark fucking jokes. It's got great, you know, foul language and shit. It, it's right up my alley and I'm uh, it's probably one of the the tapes that I've gotten recently that I'm just like, damn, this is something that I've been missing out on my whole life. So that's awesome. Yeah. Now I gotta find one shit. You do. I, so, I, I can't recommend that shit enough. How about you? What is uh what's in the mailbox this week? I got a copy of Fright Show. Oh, I saw that, <laughs> and, uh, that you posted that. Not quite Fright House, but Fright Show. It's like a it's four shorts, I believe, with like these weird like these weird like drunk Siskel and Ebert type <laughs> caricature characters. Yeah, it's pretty good. Starlog magazine uh put it out. It's cool. Uh, I also got let's see Tales from the Third Dimension. That's a that's a sick one. Uh, what else did I get? I don't know, man. Lost Platoon, Mutant Man, uh, Witcher. Is that what it's no Witch Hunter? Witch Hunter. To me, you're sending me stuff. I know you got a bunch of cool shit this week. That Lost Platoon, Death Death Scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to get a copy of Lost Platoon now too, man. One day, so many one day you'll be cool. And probably uh, my favorite thing that I got, Dead is Dead Part Two. Now, many of you, yeah, many of you people may think that it was not released, but it was. Thank you, Mike Stanley, for giving me this movie. Not personally, but I just mean into the world. It's pretty cool, man. People don't like it because it's not gory or anything, but it's so weird that it's it's. Still cool. He's got like a fucking bowl haircut. Looks Amish. <laughs> I'm a strong but, believer that like I, as much as I, I don't get me wrong. I I live for gore. I love it, um, especially low budget, shitty looking gore. I, I can't get enough of it. But you do not need a bunch of gore in a film to keep my attention and to make me feel like I just watched something really fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, like like I just mentioned with the movie that I watched. You mentioned it now with that one. Um, there's Even a movie like chillers. I got called uh, Deadly Lessons that totally blew me out of the water when I watched it. I bought it on a whim. No gore, but god damn is it a good movie. So Yeah. Well, we watched Chillers. That's not really a gory movie no, either. It was a couple it. parts, but it's Great. just really the, the stories are strong, so it's good. Oh, you know what I also got? At Dawn They Sleep. At Dawn They Sleep. Is that the Oh, is that the one that I just got also? That's, that's uh, the metal. That that's the metal movie. one. Yeah, EK got a copy. Yeah, I was we all everybody to got him, it, dude. It's just yeah, yeah. Black metal he, is fuck. It like kicks you right off pumped. with this killer black metal song. Oh, it's great. He was so pumped. He's like, dude, you're gonna love this movie. <laughs> I'm so glad that he likes it that much. <laughs> okay, so Grizz, where can they find you on the internet? As always, you can go on to Instagram and you can find me at Kane underscore Enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video on Instagram. You can also find everything we do on www.badtastevideo.com. Can you believe we have that? That's that's amazing. Yeah, of course but we have that. 
wherever you listen to us, please rate us five stars. Leave us a nice review. We really appreciate it. Really helps us out. We have a Patreon. We are starting to put up more stuff. We actually have a Patreon-specific episode that will be up probably the day before this comes out. So check that out. It's going to be a little bit different than what we do on here. Instead yeah, different of format. I like that. Yeah, instead of just doing a movie that we concentrate on, we're going to kind of do more of a topical thing where it's like, oh, let's talk about some fucking zombie movies that, yeah, that was fun, are man. not just... We, yeah. we decided to do zombies for the first one, and me and you ended up like shooting the shit for over almost an hour, and it, it it's really, I think, going to be a cool uh, way to cover things that are just not like oh here's this movie blah 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 that the patreon people can get into and uh you know there's an extra hour of content for you to go and you don't have to spend that much money to help us out and you get a sweet ass show in return we're basically going to talk about the movies that nobody else wants to even fucking hear about on here so we'll do a lot of things too there you know kind of off the beaten path yeah i have a lot of movies that I, I would love to do but I don't think that they would necessarily be great for the general audience as you could say but if you're a hardcore fan I think these would be really cool things for us to put on the Patreon things like Lunatic things like that that uh, yeah you know, I'll start talking about things like Demon Lust yeah and even shit exactly. like that Dawn They Sleep all these like relatively more modern horror films that are just fucking insane over the top we have a we have a lot of movies that we can do that start with demon. Do a whole fucking demon year, dude. You can demon. <laughs> what do we got? Demon soul, right? Demon sex. Demon lust. Love to do demon soul. That's a great movie, dude. Uh, what's another one that we? There's a couple. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna keep the boogie uh, fucking boogeyman one and two, doing shit like that. Oh, All yeah. right. I, when you say it, I think of that fucking like you know the boogeyman movies from that were from the 80s and shit and not the no not no this is the one with the guy yeah this this is fucking awesome much different yeah much different so thank you for listening remember next week blood cult listen for your chance to win your very own copy of blood cult and revenge the sequel to blood cult we will see you then later